0: you're listening to the locked on broncos podcast hosted by cody rourke your daily broncos podcast Von Miller paid a visit at the UCL Training Center in Denver, Colorado. Plus, which Broncos offensive lineup, regardless of who the quarterback is, gives the Broncos the best chance going into 2021. Welcome back into a brand new episode Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos, folks. And make sure, if you're a brand new listener of the show or if you're a returning listener of the show, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Radio.com for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage. All year long here on the Locked On NFL Network, but ladies and gentlemen on today's episode of the show, hope you guys are doing well on this beautiful Wednesday all across Broncos country. It's getting sunnier, it's getting warmer. Unfortunately, here in Colorado, we have another storm headed our way that could bring up to two feet of snow, folks. So if that's the case, stay safe and obviously stay locked in too. Locked on Broncos. Today's episode of the show folks, we're going to talk about a variety of topics right now going around. Broncos, country, the franchise tag when it was coming, gone. Quarterbacks are being signed to massive deals across the NFL. Several key players are set to hit. Unrestricted free agency folks, and there's a lot to break down here as well. So let's get into our Broncos news and notes to kick off today's episode of the show. The other day, Von Miller made an appearance at the UC Health Training Center in Englewood, Colorado to see a couple of the teammates that were there to say hi to coaches and obviously to introduce himself to new Broncos general manager George Payton for the first time uh, s- despite the speculation of Vaughn maybe being at the facility maybe hash out details on a new contract that actually is not happening between Vaughn and George Payton. It's, that's happening between George Payton and Vaughn's agent Joby Brandon uh, and so the representation piece is going to be taken care of there but the Broncos have until next week to figure out what they're going to do with Vaughn Miller and the writing on the wall right now the rumblings within the hallways of Dove Valley is that Vaughn Miller will come back to Denver for The 2021 NFL season, which should be good news, I think, for Broncos fans. Obviously, we know last week he was cleared of potential charges by the district attorney's office. He's focused on football, he's focused on the offseason grind, and he's even going through the retrospect of putting in as much work, if not even more work, this offseason than he did in his training and preparation last offseason. Now, we saw him in peak physical shape. I mean, he looked like a monster, and the calf muscles that he had on him at training camp were ridiculous. Uh, but obviously, Von Miller is coming into the 2021 NFL season very focused and very hungry to put up numbers and obviously to stay healthy, to help the Broncos win football games. And and what a great uh, kind of combination it would be if the Broncos were able to retain Von Miller, if they were able to win football games, and if he finishes his career as a Bronco, he could end it out on a high note. But, you know, for Von, it's all about legacy at this point. Something that we've really been talking about. Now we'll figure out next week what the whole situation is going to be regarding Vaughn and Denver and obviously him coming back. What's that going to look like for Vaughn? If it is going to happen, I mean the rumblings suggest that it is, but then again, Things can change and a lot has changed around the landscape around the National Football League as it pertains to uh, what the Broncos could do because of the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they placed the franchise tag on wide receiver Chris Godwin and not Shaq Barrett. So Shaq Barrett is actually set to become an unrestricted free agent, even though Tampa Bay would love to keep him and Levante David, they may lose one of those guys there and some other teams may throw some big time money at them now. The scenario that I played out in my head, and I said this during the Super Bowl, if the Broncos do not bring Von Miller back in 2021, maybe they could take that money and they could pay Shaq Barrett to have Shaq and Bradley Chubb. I mean, that would be a fun past rushing duo to see, and obviously we know that the Broncos, they drafted Bradley Chubb because they didn't believe at that time Shaq had what it took to be a long-term starter. But then again, look, I, mean, I think scheme, I think personnel, I think talent around you that really does play a difference maker in terms of what you're able to do. And I think for Shaq Barrett at the time in Denver, I don't think he had the greatest talent surrounding him outside of obviously Von Miller, uh, you know, in terms of the defense, guys in the secondary, I felt like the Broncos had probably a better opportunity now, in my opinion, Vic's system than Vance Joseph's, where we could have seen Shaq Barrett really put up some big-time numbers. But obviously, that's a big hypothetical unlikely to happen there. So Denver is going through the whole process and the decision-making that they're going to be uh, looking at here. And obviously, I think it's going to be expected in the next week or so that backup quarterback Jeff Driscoll could be released by the organization as Denver looks to bring in a veteran quarterback via competition. Uh, for drew lock and you know the nfl draft quarterback still not an option that is off the table for denver Denver could still look at quarterback at pick number nine though some reports out there and benjamin albright said on broncos country night denver may they may look to trade back which certainly could be a possibility to acquire more draft capital and and get more pieces maybe an additional second round pick and just swap picks with a team that is needing to move up into the top 10 and to maybe get the position or whether it be quarterback whether it be wide receiver that they need. There's certainly all those avenues possible and we've seen in George Payton's 10-year working with the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings have been very top-heavy in terms of orchestrating draft day trades and swapping picks. So Denver... Might jump into that same boat as the Minnesota Vikings have over the last couple of seasons. And obviously, a lot of interesting angles at this point that we could look at and maybe revisit. But as of right now, Von Miller, the expectation is that he will be back in Denver in 2021. We'll have a lot more coverage for you guys next week during NFL Free Agency Frenzy. The latest breaking news as pertains to the Broncos we will keep you up to date on the podcast all next week. So like I said, make sure you guys are subscribed to the show on your favorite podcast provider. And the Broncos can rule out one potential quarterback from coming to Denver. That is Dak Press. He received a record-setting deal from the Dallas Cowboys. You guys can check out Lockdown Cowboys if you want to know a little bit more about that whole situation. But a four-year, $130 million contract. I believe 126 of that is guaranteed, if I'm not mistaken. But the numbers are astronomical. So Dak Prescott is not going to come to Denver. Denver's going to look at free agency. They're going to look at the NFL draft at ways to bolster the quarterback position. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, I'm going to get into the discussion about the Tim Patrick scenario. What's going on? On some of the comments that he had said in an interview with Mike Kliss. Some people are taking his quotes, and they're turning them out of context. They're turning them into something that they're not. But I'm even going to talk about the best offensive lineup from the skill player position that represents how the Broncos can be good regardless of who the quarterback is. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. It's our good friends over there at Bilt Bar. And we've been telling you about Built Bar for quite some time now, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. And Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness, and today's matchup on the website BuiltBar.com is banana nut bread versus toffee almond and orange versus peanut butter. Head to BuiltBar.com and be sure to vote on your selection, which you believe is the best flavor. Peanut butter versus orange. Who's going to come out on top? Me personally, I'm selecting peanut butter because you can't beat that. I've never really been an orange fan with my chocolate. Never really liked the chocolate orange taste there, uh, but I love peanut butter and chocolate. Great combination there. And then banana nut bread versus toffee almond. Look, I tell you what, it's hard to go against toffee almond. That is one of my go-tos, so that's one of my choices as well. So go to builtbar.com or go to at built underscore bar on Twitter. And remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN20 to get 20% off your next order that is locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar out there now, one major topic of discussion right now around Broncos country tends to be around Drew Locke, and folks, you you know my opinion. Look, if you don't like Drew Locke, I respect that, right? I I respect that. I look at it from both sides. I know what Drew has to do to be a better quarterback. I know what, uh, you know, he has to reduce. I, I think those are things that you can point out the things he does well, you can point out the things he doesn't do well, and you can make an observation or a judgment based on that. You know, my stance is that I, I still believe that Drew d- doesn't have enough of a sample size to show exactly if he is or isn't the quarterback. So I think that's why the Broncos bringing a competition this training camp is the best thing for drew lock and one of his teammates too one of the most uh consistent guys that drew lock relied on in 2020 that's tim patrick recently sat down for an interview with mike kliss of nine news denver and and i thought the interview was phenomenal but you have these other outlets you have these blogs you have these other radio stations they're taking bits and pieces of clips and quotes that tim patrick had said and they are twisting it misconstruing it to help push the narrative and i think it's absolutely irresponsible journalism if you even want to call it that that people are doing that. But I'm going to give you a little insight into the interview with Mike Liss. You guys can go to 9news.com to check out the article. Tim Patrick proves to be a reliable receiver for the Broncos. And uh, going back, and and Tim Patrick even said, you know, in retrospect with Mike Liss, he was asked about, you know, what does he think about Obviously, the team, they're looking at bringing him back, but Cortland Sutton's coming back. How does he view that? And, and Tim Patrick even says, I see myself as a number one, to be honest. When you really look at the nitty-gritty of what I do, I don't get many chances, but I make the most out of every chance that I do get. And I have the least amount of targets among receivers who have the same amount of yards as me. Just imagine if I would have gotten 30 more targets, I could have easily been a 1,000-yard receiver this past year. And absolutely, that is spot-on, true. Tim Patrick, whenever you needed a big play from the, the any kind of wide receivers, That's who Drew Locke would go to. Drew Locke and Tim Patrick had continuity, and Tim Patrick didn't have any drops. He had 79 targets, zero drops on the year, and he was a guy that had six touchdowns for Devery. He was super reliable in the red zone, and he's got that size. So uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on, what I mean about that six foot five size and why it's so valuable in comparison to some of the best lineups I think Devery could throw out there regardless of who's at quarterback. But I do want to talk about the context of the interview, because in the interview with Mike Kliss, Tim Patrick never said anything that was contradictory or indicting of Drew Locke. It was very complimentary of Drew. It was very supportive. And Mike Kliss asked Tim Patrick, you know, do you know what uh, Drew Locke thinks about all these quarterback reports about all these guys that maybe Denver's looking to trade for or getting free agency? And he said that I'm not gutsy enough like you to ask him that question. He says, I kind of just let it go like nothing's going on. But for the offseason, Patrick has stayed in Denver. He's began to return to the gym to the team facility and he says he's always noticed that Drew Locke has always been there every single day that he's gone there and he says I love Drew Going forward, I think he understands what he needs to do, and he understands it doesn't have anything to do with his football skills. So right there, we can make the the argument that it has to do with the mental process, has to do with decision-making. Drew Locke has football skills. He has the physical tools to be successful, but it's about compartmentalizing all that, building on that, and avoiding some of those mistakes that's been plaguing his game. Now I'm going to continue the quote here, and he says, and it's good to see. I've been in Denver for a couple weeks, and his approach to the game is, has been 100% different than it was during the season. He's one of those first guys in the building, one of the last guys to leave. He's doing the small things to be a great player in this league and understanding what you're not good at and getting it up to where your talent level is I think he understands it. I think this talk about bringing in other quarterbacks has motivated him, and I think he should have a big season this year. Now, the the people, like I said, the radio stations, the blogs, they're taking these quotes, and they're saying uh, they're twisting it to their own nature, and these are the quotes that they're grabbing onto. And it says, I've been in Denver for a couple of weeks. His approach to the game has been 100% different than it was during the season. And to follow that, it says he's one of the first guys in the building, one of the last guys to leave. And people are taking that as if Drew Locke last season was never the first in the building or the last to leave. That is actually inaccurate. And a couple of players I've spoken to have said that Drew has been always one of the first guys into the locker room during the season and one of the last guys to leave. And so people are taking that and they're twisting it as if he's not putting in the work, he's not putting in the preparation. And you also have to factor in during the season as well, there were COVID protocols you players were not after a certain part of the season the NFL ruled that unless you were practicing you cannot actually be at the team facility. The only way you could be at the team facility is if you're getting your treatment and training and obviously rehab from the the medical professionals there or if you're going to eat or practice and that's exactly what Denver did. That's exactly what Drew Locke did. Drew was in the building. Then you had the whole incident come up with the New Orleans Saints game where they took their mask downs for brief moments and unfortunately Jeff Driscoll already had COVID at the time so they were all at risk there. That Outside of that, Drew Locke has been putting in the time and his teammates have supported that based on the players that I have spoken to and this has been confirmed by multiple players as well. So here's the deal folks. Let's not take these quotes from interviews because if you read the interview you you don't even take it the wrong way. I mean the fact that there is people out there that will nitpick at what a certain quote says and try to twist it to fit their own narrative. That's exactly what's wrong with what we got going on folks. That's why I think in Broncos country the fan base has such a big division. Here's the deal. You can support Drew. You can dislike Drew but at the end of the day if you're a Broncos fan you're hoping that the team is successful luckily for me I have no allegiance I have no fandom to any team around the NFL which is great because I can see it from both sides. I have that football aspect to it. I, I look at Dever and I look at Drew Locke. You don't have a big enough sample size just yet to say he is or he isn't the guy. He obviously has a lot of work that he has to improve on, and he's going to have to impress George Payton. He's going to have to impress the Broncos in year number two in Pat Shermer's offensive scheme. He has to take the jump, and if he doesn't, look, it answers everybody's question whether or not he is or he isn't the quarterback in 2021. If he can't do it, obviously the Broncos may look another direction, but I, I think for Drew, you can't argue that the physical traits aren't there. They definitely are. And for Tim Patrick, he was one of the most reliable targets for Drew Locke last season. And and I think Denver needs to continue to build on that. Keep guys that Drew Locke is comfortable with. And I think that Tim Patrick, too, regardless of Cortland Sutton is coming back, he has proven to be a valuable insurance policy if Sutton does get hurt or if Sutton has a slow start, or They need to ease him in and maybe they put him on a pitch count to start season, which I doubt is going to happen because the injury happened in week two. He's had a lot of time to progress. He's running routes right now. Which is great. Denver is not going to rush him through the process, but Tim Patrick is as reliable as they come. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment, I'm actually going to get into my conversation as to what I believe the best offensive lineup is for Denver, regardless of who the quarterback is. And I'm going to go into detail as to why I believe that is the best lineup for the Broncos if they want to have success next season. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, betonline.ag. And betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Denver Nuggets fan, the NBA season is going to resume on Friday for Denver when they play the Memphis Grizzlies. And you can put your money on the line with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, whether it's going to be an Nikola Jokic triple-double or a Jamal Murray 7-3-point game. I mean, they have all that stuff there at BetOnline.ag and they have you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And as we jump into the fourth quarter of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Broncos, Country, just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for all your support. All the time we are closing in on 300 total reviews on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't done so already, if you love listening to Lockdown Broncos, it would mean the absolute world to me if you'd go on and leave us a five-star review as we continue to work our way up the iTunes charts. Thank you so much for your support tuning in to Lockdown Broncos every single day, all year long. It means the absolute world to me like I had mentioned and because of the fact we had a crazy Tuesday we're going to have a mailbag episode on Thursday's episode Lockdown Broncos so be sure right now to send me a text message at 303 303- 529-6323 with your Broncos question I'll answer on tomorrow's podcast here on the show. But continuing on our conversation here regarding Tim Patrick. I really believe he has a big-time fit for the Broncos offense this upcoming season in Pat Shermer's system. I think, obviously, with the familiarity that he has, the proven reliability that he has, 79 targets, zero drops, a security blanket for all the quarterbacks that played for the Broncos last season— Drew Locke, Jeff Driscoll, and even Brett Rippon. Those guys went to Tim Patrick because he proved to be one of the most reliable guys, not to mention he's a hell of a blocker, too. He's one of the Broncos' best blocking wide receivers that they have on the roster. He's constantly finding work, and wide receiver coach Zach Azani really loves Tim Patrick. So I want to talk about what I believe, going into next season, the Broncos' best lineup is and why they need to keep Tim Patrick on board, which, thankfully enough, that's what they're going to do. I imagine they're going to place a second-round tender on uh, Tim Patrick And Alexander Johnson, and I think Philip Lindsay as well. I think all three of them will receive the second round tender. We'll obviously find out a little bit more information in the coming weeks ahead or even potentially days as free agency frenzy is set to kick off next week. Folks It is going to be wild. It's going to be a busy week. It begins on Wednesday. So we'll have you covered Wednesday all throughout the rest of the month here. As long as free agency is going on. Then we have the buildup for the NFL draft in April. And we have a lot of fun things here at the lockdown podcast network. That's going to have you guys locked into some exclusive coverage and a first round mock with every host around the lockdown NFL Network from picks one all the way through 32. It's going to be very very fun. But getting into the lineup, regardless of who the quarterback is for Denver in 2021, I believe the Broncos' depth at the skill player position. I'm going to give my best starting lineup what I think is going to be and what I think Denver should have day one when they open up the season. Not sure who they're going to open up against to start off the season. Whether it's going to be home or away, the NFL schedule release is slated to happen around mid-May according to media reports. So obviously keep an eye on that. We'll go through a whole complete coverage breakdown when that is announced, but for Denver, I think with Cortland Sutton returning, he becomes the evident number one wide receiver, and then coming into that at wide receiver two, in my opinion, I think it's Tim Patrick. Now, a lot of people factor in, they think that wide receiver one means the first guy on the outside, wide receiver two means the second guy in the slot. Tim Patrick can play the slot, but here's the deal. I think he's evidently the Broncos best wide receiver, not named Cortland Sutton. He's the second best guy. That now leads me to Jerry Judy, who is, in my opinion, wide receiver three in Denver. Which, look, these designations, folks, doesn't matter if Tim Patrick was designated wide receiver one, two, three, four, even Jerry Judy for that matter. These are guys that are going to see consistent time on the field next season. So really, where they're designated has no impact whatsoever on their potential production and their utilization on the football field. So I think that Cortland Sutton, wide receiver one. Tim Patrick, wide receiver two. Jerry Judy, wide receiver three obviously Noel Fant starting at tight end and then you have, I think in my opinion I think it's going to be Philip Lindsay because Melvin Gordon's going to be suspended more than likely. He's going to be your starter at the running back position. Whoever the quarterback may be, you're going to have that guy there. I think it's going to be Drew Locke personally. And then offensive line, left tackle. You have Garrett Bowles, left guard. You have Dalton Reisner, center. You got Lloyd Cushingberry, right guard. You have Graham Glasgow and then a right tackle. He's in so far from what we know this season. It's going to be Juwan James because the Broncos have a heavy price tag on him. But look, if they can get a really, really good year out of Juwan James, I think it helps the Broncos out in terms of productivity and obviously maybe what they could do to improve as an offense, and then they can make a decision after the season if they want to part ways with Juwan James and focus at either an offensive tackle in the draft to put into that starting role, or if they want to put Calvin Anderson in that role, I imagine that's going to be what Denver is probably going to do, Uh, but outside of that, I think that's the best overall lineup. Now, I was in a discussion this weekend with somebody on social media. They were talking to me about, they didn't believe that Tim Patrick was wide receiver two or three. They thought he was wide receiver four because Jerry Judy was wide receiver two KJ Hamler's wide receiver three I like KJ Hamler a lot you guys know that I've given him a lot of high praise I think he can be an absolute weapon for what this team wants to do And, and like I said regardless of their designation they're still going to get a lot of playing time last season for Denver they had five to six wide receivers consistently in the rotation we saw Deshaun Hamilton we saw you know at times Deontay Spencer Tyree Cleveland K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, we saw a mix and match of a variety of guys, and that's what it's going to be, because you have to have a platoon, we call it platooning, uh, when you have multiple guys at a position that can all contribute, now I think that guys like Tyree Cleveland, his role is going to expand, he's going to continue to learn, obviously being a 7th round pick, I think he exceeded what the organization's expectations were because he came in, was an impact player on special teams, and then towards the end of the season he got some valuable reps on the offensive side of the ball. He's a pretty good run blocker as well. He still has a lot of room to grow, so he's not quite ready to take that jump just yet, which is why I think Tim Patrick being back is a great thing for Denver here. Now, for Jerry Judy, I think that the Broncos, they can use these guys in different sets. Now, if they want to take out a running back entirely, go empty, and they want to have the best wide receiving personnel out there, four wide receivers, five guys, they can do that. Now, ideally, if the Broncos go empty, and they take out a running back. I imagine the lineup's going to be Cortland Sutton on the outside on one side of the field, Tim Patrick on the outside on the other side of the field, Jerry, Judy, K.J. Handler in the slot, and then Noah Fan at the tight end position, and then you have your offensive line, obviously, in pass pro. I think that would be a fun dynamic to watch Denver try to put out there, because then in those certain passing situations, if you go empty, and depending on the defensive front, what type of defense you're going at, if they're super aggressive, or if they like to play base, where they send four or only three guys. That works out in the favor of Devere. After Drew Locke or whoever the quarterback is can play good, make good decisions, I think it's going to prove to be fruitful. And even just watching the first couple of games of the season, now we didn't see Cortland Sutton in that week one game against Tennessee, but in week two, we still saw him make an impact. I mean, Drew Locke threw a ball up to him. He he caught a tremendous back shoulder throw and he had another one down the right sideline where he just made an impressive play against Joe Hayden. I mean, the Pittsburgh secondary was pretty damn good last season. Their cornerback unit was really good. Outside of that, look, I I think that Tim Patrick has been one of those guys that's going to step up. He's going to be reliable. When you need a guy on third down, if teams are going to double team Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick's going to be the guy that you're going to go to. It opens up the offense for even more opportunities for success because if if you have all this personnel out there and defenses focus their attention on one or two guys, you have other reliable targets. That's what we're talking about. You just got to have guys that are reliable. And for Drew Lockton, Patrick is as reliable as they come. And if Drew is the quarterback, then he's got a security blanket there. It's going to create opportunities as well for Noah Fant to get more opportunities. It's going to create opportunities for Albert Okwabunum to see some more time on the football field to maybe capitalize on some of the... Situations that maybe he's going to see because defenses are going to be so focused if Denver's having success offensively on those other guys those guys are going to get their opportunities. And, and so for Denver, I think it's all about trying to find that overall balance between the guys that you have on the field, the best overall personnel placement that you're going to have out there, and what's going to bode well for the overall success of your football team. you got to be able to run the ball, though. Denver cannot be this team that comes out despite the fact that they're going to have all the weapons possible. I mean, they're going to have all the weapons in the world to be able to do what they want in terms of throwing the ball. They've got to find a way to have a more concerted effort and emphasis on the running game, being able to open up guys like Philip Lindsay, Royce or even Melvin Gordon, Levante, Bellamy, whoever the tailback is, even if I was out there running back, you got to find a way to get me in space. You got to find a way to get me to the outside or even successfully on the inside where I can make plays happen. That was a downfall of Denver's offense. I just felt like because of the fact that Denver, outside of Tim Patrick, they were so inconsistent at wide receiver in, in terms of the production and guys running the right routes and some drops. Denver was kind of one dimensional in a sense. It appeared that way at times on film, that they were one-dimensional and they were inconsistent. You can't have those ups and downs of just being too far inconsistent, having one game where you're playing really good as an offense, and then the next three weeks you're playing at a very stagnant or below-average level. Denver can't have that. And I imagine, based on paper, this is just projection, but Denver offensively this year, they should be better. We'll see what they do in free agency. We'll see what they do in the NFL draft, if they bolster anything on the offense whatever they may do there. But Denver, there is no excuses. Entering the second year of Pat Shermer's offensive scheme, there is no excuse as to why this offense cannot be better, why they can't put up the points. I think we all had expectations of what they potentially could have done last season minus all the injuries, minus the inconsistent quarterback play. They should be able to be an offense that could be in the the average range, the mid-to-average range in the NFL. I'm talking the 15th-ranked offense, maybe even the 14th. And if they can exceed or crack their way into the top 10, I think that's icing on the cake. Denver's got a long ways to to go before they could get there but I do believe that they could be a middle of the pack offense and then with a the strong defense that is all you need because Tampa Bay's offense they were a middle of the pack offense all season long and then they had a very strong defense And in the Super Bowl they played efficient they made great decisions they didn't turn the ball over they didn't take unnecessary risks, and then their defense absolutely dominated the Kansas City Chiefs. Denver has the formula, in my opinion, to compete with Kansas City, but it's going to range on how consistent they can be on offense, can they run the football, and can they understand which personnel is best suited for certain matchups. I believe that they can. Will they do it? That is a different story. But that's my stance, Broncos country. And I'm eager to hear yours. So send me your tweet at Cody Rourke NFL at Lockdown Broncos as to what you thought about today's episode of the show. What do you believe the best lineup is for the Broncos, regardless who the quarterback may be in 2021? What is your reasoning and why? I'm eager to hear it at Cody Rourke NFL. And also don't forget, tomorrow is our mailbag text message Thursday, because we didn't get to it on Tuesday, 303-529-6323. You want in send me a text, add yourself to my contact list, I'll add you to mine, and then we can talk Broncos football. And I'm really enjoying the interaction and engagement with the hundreds of Broncos fans in my contact list, so be one of the ones to join in on the action. Have some fun here on Lockdown Broncos, but Broncos country, that'll do it for today's episode of the show. Obviously, free agency frenzy is approaching us. Some news could emerge at any point in time for this Broncos football team. We'll have you covered with the latest around Dove Valley. From an objective point of view, you can get that heater on Lockdown Broncos. With that said, I'm Cody York, hosting As always, see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.